What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Hyperspace Hangout, a podcast by Star Wars fans for Star Wars fans. I am Matt Starwin. And I am Ezra Skyhopper. Welcome aboard the Outcast. This is the place for all Star Wars fans where we discuss your thoughts and theories about a galaxy far, far away. Matt, if you're flying casual, you're not traveling through hyperspace. All right. I mean, hey, that'd be correct, man. You know, uh, flying through hyperspace, uh, you know, it ain't like dusting crops. You're darn right. I literally, if you're going casually, you're not shooting through hyperspace. I just want to make that very clear uh, as we get into today's discussion because it's going to be important. Uh, I'll tell you what: in Star Wars Squadrons, you're not going to be flying casual. Hey, that is correct, man. Um, so this is kind of an interesting, uh, kind of an interesting thing here. Star Wars Squadrons, right? So it, it we talked about this right a couple like a month or two ago. Um, Project Maverick, right? Which was um, EA Electronic Arts. Uh, we're gonna get some sort of new Star Wars game going to be announced sometime in June, which is what. Well, they didn't they didn't necessarily say it sometime in June, but. This is roughly when E3 would be, which is the big video game conference. Um, and then, of course, with COVID, it's getting canceled. There's some uh, behind-the-scenes stuff just in E3 that it was not doing uh, very well anyway. So uh, regardless of that, that's when we are saying, hey, we'll probably see some stuff. So um, it's been called Project Maverick. Uh, there were some tweets by the game's developers saying, stay tuned for some news coming soon. Now, of course, they have not said Project Maverick or anything like that. But in the tweet, um, he actually showed like a picture of um, Tom Cruise, right? With Because there's uh, <laughs> Maverick, Top Gun Maverick uh-huh. is coming. Right. So uh, today, accidentally, um, so now it was supposed to, we were going to get the, the full kind of breakdown in their EA Play event, which is going to be, be like Madden and FIFA and sure. they do it every year. Yeah. 
Well, um, it kind of got pushed around uh, with some of the stuff going on in the world. Uh, you know, the PlayStation 5 announcement uh, was supposed to be last week. It got pushed out to this week. Uh, that may have also been one of the reasons that EA said, hey, let's push ours back because, uh, you know, they want it's better to have that PlayStation 5 announcement. That way you're not showing PlayStation 5 games to get people hyped for that. Oh, wait, sure. and this is coming to PlayStation 5. So uh, and then, of course, Xbox uh, Series X has its its console coming out this year as well. So big excitement for both of those. Uh, so now we uh, today uh, it was actually leaked uh, like pre-order now on the Xbox Live store Star Wars Squadrons, which is what it's called now. Uh, there's, of course, no news on it in terms of like screenshots or anything like that. But EA has now said uh, fine, you'll find out Monday, which is still ahead of the schedule for the EA Play event. So we'll definitely see uh, see what happens there. Yeah, this is this is exciting. I, I'm, um, I, I mean, I, I can't wait to to play it. I am actually on right now the EA Star Wars YouTube page. They have a premiere video ready to go for yeah June fifteenth, eleven a.m. You're gonna get the official trailer review right there. Um, there are currently thirteen hundred people waiting to watch this, and we have like uh, over two hundred people in the chat right now. Uh, it's 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 pretty awesome. So so yeah, and one of the things that kind of came up here. I thought this was interesting uh, that w I was I was going in. I was asking the question, you know, A-wing, X-wing, Y-wing, B-wing. What are you flying? What are you jumping in? Right. And immediately I got these responses that, you know, the prequels are better, you know, type of thing. And it's like name for me, you know, go ahead and name a starfighter from the prequels. For most people, that would be very difficult. Um so, anyways, I, just, I love the prequels. I'm just waiting for the prequel meme uh, folks to show up here. I'm like, are you kidding me? Uh, but, no, I think this is going to be, like, what they have here, the picture. Have you seen this, uh, Matt? It's yes, on, I on have. their YouTube? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, they've, the, the picture, you've got, like, I mean, you've got the Rebellion uh, versus the Empire. And it's, it mm -hmm. looks like classic stuff. I'm sure there's going to be tons of, uh, you know, maybe there's expansions or I don't know what all we're going to be able to do in this right. game. But I, I just, you know, I saw that image. I started asking that question and I just had to make that dig. Yeah. Uh, real and quick. And what we were told earlier was that it was going to be, you know, when it was originally leaked and people were, t were talking about it, is something smaller. So it's not like a battlefront type thing, but it is supposedly like a standalone um, event. So now in Battlefront 2, right, and then in Battlefront 1, the, the 20 the newer versions of those games, um, they do have a Starfighter battle. So my guess is it's going to be a much bigger expanded version of that. Uh, of course, that name Squadron uh, has a lot of cherished memories in uh, many Star Wars fans' hearts, right? With the uh, Rogue Squadron, and you know, think back on the Nintendo 64, Rogue Squadron 2 on the GameCube, which is like easily one of the best, uh, we one of the top 10, you know, top 15 Star Wars games. I'm sure some people have it ranked as a number one. Uh, it's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then there was a Rogue Squadron 3 as well. So uh, it's pretty cool. I'm excited for it. We've been talking about it. Um, you know, definitely we'll stay tuned and see some gameplay footage of it next week and see, you know, exactly what it is and what it's looking like. Uh, of course, hopefully coming to these new consoles, right? Uh, I mean, that's where I'm looking forward uh, to playing it, possibly on uh, PlayStation 5 or, or Xbox or maybe a good version on PC. Uh, I doubt it's coming to Nintendo Switch if I just had to, 
had to take a guess just because of EA's relationship with Nintendo. Not They just don't really seem to port a lot of things to Nintendo. Um, so my guess is uh, we'll probably be playing it on PlayStation 5. Yeah, that sounds awesome to me. Now I'm going to ask you a question. Um, I was kind of making a joke and just a, a slight dig, uh, you know, about about the the types of fighters. But you do have like the Nubian fighter. You've got the N1. You've got you know the Arc fighter. You've got different types of fighters from the prequels. Um, so I think there we're maybe going to get. Uh, hopefully we're going to get some of all of that, and we'll see different. You know, um, whether it's something from each of the trilogies, maybe. Yeah. But what type of gameplay? I mean, what type of game is this going to be? Do you anticipate? Like, and just. And taking a guess, I would say it's probably something similar to, I mean, if I had to, I mean, it's probably something similar to what Rogue Squadron was, or there was Jedi Starfighter or something like that, where, hey, here's your map, you need to, um, you know, take out these fighters, maybe bomb some targets, uh, and then, I mean, and then there'll probably be a big multiplayer aspect, which is probably going to be a more expanded version of what we have um, in Battlefront, right, where you can just kind of you know he, like you need to destroy these targets right there's some objectives and stuff like that i my guess is honestly it's probably just a more expanded version of that okay um and, and I, all, I really and like that space battle feel and, and oh it's I, great i love that yeah. yeah yeah it's great and so my guess is it's going to be more just that type they're going to turn that into a full game gotcha gotcha okay yeah that seems pretty cool so it's going to have like a, a story mode missions I would, I would thing. imagine so. Yeah, definitely some missions, stuff like that. I mean, I'm just assuming our, our obviously making yeah. assumptions here. Yeah, just prediction. Um, yeah. To be entirely honest, this might not even be, well, I don't know. It's it's electronic arts, so it's definitely going to be a $60 game. But uh, if it were somebody else, I would say this might, this, is, this might not even be like a full $60 game. I, but again, we could be totally wrong, but just from what the rumors have been is that it's not necessarily going to be this huge, massive game. It's something a little bit smaller. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah, because I did see in the comments some people were saying they hope that. I mean, it's it's EA. That yeah, they were they were talking about whether what type of yeah. game it would be, and they're hoping that it's something, you know, for like the PlayStation right. Five or something that we can you know. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, exactly. We'll see. We know a lot more Monday, and then I'm sure they'll sh they'll talk about it more uh, with their big press conference, which is which I believe is Thursday. Gotcha. Gotcha. Man, that's awesome. That's super cool. Uh, I, like, I can't wait to, you know, try it out. Well, I'm hyped. I was just over on Box Trick talking to you about you yeah, know, man. The, the PlayStation 5 and, like, all these cool games that are coming out. So I am I am stoked, you know. Take my wallet and let's <laughs> Here we go. Let's, yeah, take let's my, go. I, take, take my money, man. Cheesy cow. So, um, all right, cool. So, yeah, when we get more on that, we, we will discuss that. Um, let's, um, are you ready for this? Let's maybe move into Disney Gallery music and production. These last couple um, episodes of the Mandalorian sort of documentary have been have been awesome, you know? Really Wow, epic. man. Yeah, they really have. You know, um, they, they started, they kind of started this, this um, you know, at first we were talking about, like, uh, you know, we, we talked about, like, hey, they're who they're casting and why, why they wanted these directors. And then, to me, the episode I really thought was the coolest the one that really kind of got me hooked into it was um well of course dave filoni talking about uh you know like why star wars is matters and everything that yeah. was amazing yeah um but then but then you know the technology where they're talking about the volume that big room they have created and then so these last um you know these last episodes right they've been talking about like how it is that they use what they call previs right which is a pre-visual pre-visualization of the episode right they said we do this all the time in animation right so they said now it's as a as director it's really cool because you can 
um, kind of say like, oh, hey, this is what the scene should look like. So they have like a picture in their mind and they're not just doing what I think they used to do right with green screens was oh we can fix it later. Right? right. Just get it in. And then we just let those guys work their magic and it, we hope it, we hope it looks cool. And so, um, you know, John Favreau talked about that a little bit with uh, some of the episodes when he was talking about when he did um, the jungle book and the lion King, which was a lot of green screen, blue screen stuff. And uh, he said, you know, but then you run into this issue where, well, what if we needed the light to be here? Um, and that's part of the reason is they, is they, is, you know the advancements of technology have changed so much where um really you're getting some of that stuff rendered right there you know on the screen which is awesome and, and really really cool so that you can you can see the whole you can see like the finished product as you're doing it with with this you know when you're doing green screen essentially so that's that's really cool um then the sound the sound was uh, the sound was crazy I mean, that was like a really like i that episode was crazy. Ludwig, yeah, that like, was nuts. It's literally the guy, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of unfamiliar with him. But they go, they cut. It's just funny because they like cut to this guy, and it's like this, this. He totally, I don't really know him or anything, but he obviously looks like to me. I'm just like, oh god, here we go. He's like some hippie dude. He's got like long hair. He's wearing like you know a sequin jacket and like silk you know leather pants or something. Right. And he's like in this room, and it's like just him, and he's got this like recorder, and it's just like, well, here's just how I made it. And then as you, as the episode goes along and I'm unfamiliar with his work, but you really start to be like, Oh, this guy's awesome. Right. Like, yeah. uh, and yeah. he just, he's just like, he's like, I kind of locked myself in a room. I didn't want like a bunch of computers. I'm using like really old equipment. He's, he uses some like basically guitar synthesizer from the seventies. It's like a Roland, <laughs> um, guitar synth. And he's like, he just gives you a lot of sounds that, you know, you, you can't really digitally reproduce today because, um, there's so much better and that is a thing with like guitar and stuff like that is um you know you you talk about like we are totally in an era because i play guitar um in this in this era where you know you go back and forth right where there's so many digital models right of like guitar amplifiers for example um where you know i have i have one uh it's like a guitar modeling amplifier um and so and so there's there's really kind of two trains of thoughts on it right like some people will argue well you know you want like the real deal right but then you know you would need like hundreds of guitar amps and hundreds of you know pedals and all of this stuff or think about this one device and some people say it sounds so good but then you know does it sound better and so it's just kind of weird when you're talking about like exactly trying to get like what sound it is that you want um you know like I'll, let me, I'll pick a guitar player for example just to use this as as an example to kind of what i thought just to talk about why i thought this was kind of yeah, cool yeah so um take somebody like eddie van halen right you know i mean obviously you know pretty famous guitar player uh you know he did like guitar work for Michael Jackson, right on beat mm -hmm. it and stuff like that too. Um, so, you know, he was playing through, you know, as you're getting into the 1980s, uh, he was playing what's known as a Marshall plexi, right? Which is like a Holy grail amplifier for people. Uh, but the, the, but the plexi um, doesn't really achieve on its own. These, this type of like high gain, right? When you, when you know, when you, when a guitar, using a, a guitar cabinet, right? And you're in a guitar, guitar amplifier uh you know you have gain which is really like your level of distortion so for those okay, of you guys yeah. who maybe don't understand what i'm talking about um so like level you know it's like zero to ten okay and so like say like four or five on a guitar uh, is like classic rock 
right? You know, um, like one is like a clean sound and then like say like 10 is like, you know, Metallica, if that just to kind of kind of spell it out there like a layman's turn. So anyway, Eddie Van Halen would use, he used originally like a Marshall, Marshall Plexi um, and he would have it maxed out. Well, if you're trying to recreate his sound today, the amplifiers we have today achieve like outrageous levels of distortion and so you know you if you crank it to 10 it may sound cool but it won't sound authentic because it's it's new and it's different and so you actually need to dial it back down to like six but then part of the sound was that it was maxed out right so you know like they push air like they literally you know push push air and so you get close but it's not the real thing and so that's kind of one of the things that this guy talked about a lot which i thought was really cool and why he didn't want to use a lot of computers he didn't want to use a lot of things um he wanted this kind of authentic kind of sound and so that's why he's like i've locked myself in a room i've got like my acoustic guitar i've got my piano i'm kind of piecing this whole thing together yeah um you know he's like i think sometimes you just get lost in the digital digital of of recording this whole thing and so um then they talk about how they piece the sound together right which i thought was cool and he's like well we want we want you know it to be like it, it starts the mandalorian theme right you know it starts and it's just a recorder it's just a literally like I, <laughs> just a recorder yeah. it's like one instrument yeah. it's like this this kind of bigger ver- uh, um looks to me more, more of like an oboe right like type uh-huh. of a type of an, of an instrument and then um you know they they have in some of that there is some of that like computerized like synth you know mm-hmm. like yeah not like techno but kind of type thing going on with it um and then uh you know obviously they still use a full orchestra which is very star wars and um and then last thing and i'll toss it back to you as and then i just thought it was cool uh literally there he's on set and he just like pulls it up on his phone right like as they're as they're as they're doing yeah. it and um, you know, Dave Filoni talked about it a lot and he said, you know, he said, um, you know, Star Wars, obviously, I mean, the sound is really what made what really to me, I, we've talked about this. It, John Williams score is really what made Star Wars uh, what yeah. it was, because had you gone with something space and futuristic, I mean, it just would have been a different, different movie. And so he said, you know, we could have used a lot of the music we're familiar with in Star Wars, but he's like, we wanted something that was authentic. Yep. and original but still had that star wars feel which i feel like they nailed perfectly yeah oh they they absolutely did i i am it, it's crazy because when we first started uh, i think you pronounce his name um ludwig i think is how you say it yeah uh, the the composer and awesome awesome dude i could not believe just sort of like he he's he's real like things are gonna be organic it's kind of got a he's got to get there naturally i don't know it's just, it was his methodology just seemed really you know interesting and it was funny because he was talking to to john and dave there and he was sort of like you guys were so great about that and they're like well we were great uh because what you gave us was great you know like we might not have been that way but what you gave us was so excellent and it just it felt right and it felt as you say authentic you know one of the things that he said he thought about the story and he thought about this mandalorian this lone wolf one man on a mission. And so I was like, oh my gosh. So he decides to lock himself in a room, one man, single, away from everyone else, no other influences. What can I come up with? I loved it. I, I kind of love 
like seeing an artist get into like like how I mean, you know, this is why we appreciate art and, and artistry so much because I can't do that. I can't just lock myself in a room with a bunch of recorders. And you know what I was thinking too? I was watching this and I saw the orchestra come out there. And I thought, doggone it. Why did I give up my viola? Why am I hey, not man. still playing did that? It, yeah. Why am I not out there? You know, yeah, I, great, I, oh. great question. But yeah, it was, it was really so cool to kind of, to kind of see that. And it was, as you say, it was different. Um, you know, Dave Filoni said, we didn't want to shortcut this. We wanted to do something different. This is a TV show. And I, and I thought, man, how how difficult was it for him to make something kind of like a new theme for every episode? But then, as he said, yet run something that was common, that Mandalorian theme all the way through it. And you heard variations of that. And he just he, he, he killed it. I mean, it was it was amazing. I, I was blown away. So yeah. and, and to hear him talk about discovering sort of his love for classical music by listening to John Williams, you know, he doesn't seem like that guy who originally when he was playing his guitar right was jamming out to classical music i mean he was making modern music right. and, and that's where they that. that's where they found him right that's where they that's where they were familiar with and, and found him and so yeah it was cool it was definitely a cool um it was a cool episode actually i i thought it was i you know talking and they talked about you know the mandalorian theme right and how they yeah exactly how they were really instead of saying i thought i they had some there's some cool lines in there where they said that instead of trying to use star Wars as our inspiration, let's use the things that inspired George as our inspiration. Yes. Yes. And so rather than trying to just say, let's make an awesome star Wars thing, let's make an awesome thing that exists inside of mm -hmm. star Wars, which I thought was cool. I thought, I thought, I thought was, yeah. I thought it was cool. And there was something else I caught and I've caught in the past two episodes and that's John Favreau saying, yeah, you know, as he's talking about these people, yes, I'm working on season one and two. And so the question becomes as, uh -huh. it, are, are they, it, are they, was season one designed with season two already like, here's what oh, we want to be? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, you know, yes, sir. I'm telling you, I think this is going to be, there's a reason that you turn something like this over to, that you have John Favreau overseeing all of this. The more I learn about this and the right. more that I learn about the production of things, how you coordinate stuff, it is a task. And actually, something that Dave Filoni said is that the fact that Star Wars did what it did is kind of a miracle. I mean, it really is hard to capture that much that much magic in three episodes and have three amazing, amazing movies that literally changed our culture, society, and everything. You know, just it, yeah. game changers. So they're essentially... The, that's a lot to live up to, but you brought in somebody who you look at what the Marvel and you've said this a lot with what the Marvel universe has done. I think he knows what he's doing, man. I I've never been more impressed by watching like behind the scenes stuff and looking at a guy who is trying to, it's a collaborative effort, right? He's bringing in different directors. He's, they're taking risk, which is something also that George is all about taking risk and bringing in different people, try something different. Don't do the same thing over and over again. Like push the boundaries a little bit. This, which I think they showed us with Ludwig. I yeah. mean, that's like bringing him in as the as the composer was risky. So, I think this is all tied together. I think that they were playing. I think when you're writing season one, um, I think he has ideas and thoughts. He's talking to the master, Dave Filoni, and I think this is all going to be connected. I think there's going to be major tie-ins. 
what has been really interesting, uh, we've been covering for the last month or so, is the idea that you're bringing in these Rebels characters and you're bringing in maybe Boba Fett and some of these other individuals, individuals from Clone Wars, like yeah. into the Mandalorian. So that's a risk. And I, I, I remember, and I've said this before, when we talked about the sequels, people, were, they weren't willing, we're not going to bring in like an EU character, we're not going to bring in someone from the animated series, but in, in a live action TV show and with these two guys running it, yeah, I think I think they're going to risk it. I think you are going to see Ahsoka. I think you are going to see possibly Ezra Bridger. I think you name the character. I I would not surprise me at all if they showed up. It would not surprise me if they literally showed a silhouette of Luke Skywalker and him speaking. I mean, I I mean, I would. I die. Mean, yeah, I think it wouldn't I surprise think, me for like one gloves, second. I, you know, I think the gloves are off. Yeah, for, I, it's for, it's for on, man. Two. For oh. yeah, for season two of Mandalorian. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe we'll talk more about that here at the... We're going to jump to, I think, a transmission, and then we'll talk a little bit more about uh, Mandalorian Season 2 as we continue to get kind of hyped for that. So, um, yeah. All right. yeah. Hey, got one here um, from Eli uh, again. He, he's been he's been hitting us up. And so last time we were talking about... Hey, man, we were talking about uh, Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker a little bit, and uh, he kind of not really getting... We were getting we were getting deep and sweaty. We were getting into it. And so... yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he he sent us um, something here. Uh, he says, "Hello there." You know, Matt Nazar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was about to head to bed when I saw the next podcast episode was out, so I did a uh, you know I, I so quickly downloaded it and listened. I sent the second email. Uh, he says because one, I felt um, I was too hard on the Last Jedi and on my first one. Right? He sent us a couple emails mm-hmm. on it, um, and you know my opinion. My opinions have changed. He says, "Funny enough." Um, you got to the second one. I said, so it's just a heads up if I sound a little more bitter to it because uh-huh. I'm sending it to you after, right? Yeah. So uh, even though y'all say it's a Star Wars podcast for fans, uh, from fans for fans, I still find it exciting to be, you know, on the show. Uh, and I didn't expect uh, to make it to make it up over half an episode. So he says, first off, I just want to say I didn't know that Hux had killed his father, right? Yeah, that's from the that's from the Phasma book, right? Yeah, uh, makes me even more a little disappointed with where he went. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, a positive I completely forgot about when uh, writing uh, when writing it was Yoda. The moment when the camera goes down and you see the back of Yoda's head, chills every uh, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yoda's yeah, Yoda and, yeah. Yoda and Last Jedi was great. Yeah, absolutely. So it yeah. says. Um, I have a quick question and a little bit to explain. He says, first off, I personally enjoyed The Rise of Skywalker, and I think it's probably um, the best of the sequels. One big argument I hear is if Luke could lift the X-Wing, then why not go fight? Um, I think, yes, he was passing the torch and letting Rey overcome her fear, but I think if she lost and Palpatine did win, uh, in fact, he does, you know, kind of win, right? Um, uh, you know, when he, he would fight, um, he says, so what do you guys think of it? Is it a plot hole, lazy writing, etc.? I personally love that scene, um, with the music and the callback. The circle is now complete. Yeah. Uh, he says, uh, what I meant when I said, I don't want Ryan Johnson doing any more star Wars. I feel like I didn't word it the best. It's not because I'm afraid he'll screw up. It's because of him as a person and his line of thinking. 
Uh, he links a video below where he says he wants people to both love and hate his movies. And we, we watched that video. And yeah, that's kind of what he says. He says, I'm uh, talking about how he thinks if he gets that dynamic, he feels like he's, uh, he's succeeded um, just because it, it has people on, on both sides. So it's also linked below is an article of him saying he, uh, when he, he created uh, this hateful character in his movie Knives Out based on the people uh, that don't like The Last Jedi. Besides throwing jabs like that and literally saying one of them, one thing and then saying another. So that's why I'm not thrilled with uh, his possible chance of a trilogy, um, which I will watch it. I mean, I'll watch it if it does happen, of course, because at the end of the day, it's Star Wars. Uh, and I'll always love Star Wars. He says, what I can't stand um, is when you act like that. I don't care who it is. If George Lucas, uh, Tolkien, Peter Jackson, or anyone acted like that, even though I would love their work, I'd have an issue with them as a person. Sorry for another long transmission, which you do not need to apologize for, especially when you spent half an episode talking about my email <laughs> and, uh, and your thoughts on it. Feel yeah. a little greedy sending you this, but you guys... Um, added in the you know the seasons and now i'm just stirring my thoughts around Come on. Uh, and yep. since i'm alone uh, as as a as, you know as far as star wars nerds go in my family i can't talk to anybody about my thoughts uh let alone yeah he says you guys yeah you know somehow make it feel like we're all together having a conversation i literally almost responded to you guys aloud the other day uh he <laughs> says anyway sorry again uh may the force with you first of all you don't need to apologize for the episode or for your transmissions taking long we we love them um we, we love lengthy uh, transmissions because, you know, sometimes we have weeks like this where we don't have necessarily uh, a ton of. Them, so it's, it's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so um, real. Let me let's let's break. Let's break this up a little bit here. OK. Guys. Yeah. Um, so he says uh, the idea of Luke, it, uh, that's not really I, I you know, I hadn't actually heard that before. That that people were were di maybe disappointed or thought that was a plot hole that if Luke could could grab the lightsaber that he could go fight. Um, I, I guess you, I, I thought he meant the X wing. Did he mean like if he could? Well, that's what I meant. Yeah, exactly, oh. exactly. Well, and we and we see Yoda use Force lightning and. Um, well, I, oh, I I thought he meant like in the Last Jedi, like if if Luke has the ability to lift the X wing, why why Force project? And and why not just take your X wing and go there and fight? It that's what I thought he meant. But but I and I but either way, if if that's the plot hole, no, I think, think I think he I think he means in the Rise of Skywalker, like it, why as a why as a Force ghost, yeah, couldn't he fight? Uh, because Luke, because he does. I mean, he does the Force projection thing. But I mean, it's like yeah, he could actually jump in his. But if he could lift the X wing as a Force ghost, so I, I think he's talking about the rise of the 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 rise of Skywalker. Because it. But so, um, I guess for me, you know, you, we do see Yoda use lightning. I guess technically it is Force lightning, but just not in the way we uh, typically think about it. Right when he destroys the uh, sacred text, so. Yeah, I mean, as a force ghost, you could theoretically, I think you could, you could absolutely fight. Um, I think, I, I feel like he kind of does. I just feel like because all of the Jedi are there, right, along with, uh, uh, along with Rey. Um, so I feel like, I feel like that was just the way as a storyteller you kind of do that moment. I don't necessarily think it's a plot hole. Um, I thought it was cool that she kind of got that training moment with 
with Luke. I thought I, I thought it was pretty cool. Now my only my only issue with it is that I just don't think Luke should have died in the first place. Uh, and so you know, I mean, if it were me writing this trilogy, it would have been Luke Skywalker having more adventures, and he would have been the hero the entire time. So I mean, that's my only. You know, I mean, like, yeah, th- there literally just is not enough Luke Skywalker in in the sequels. I'll say that I, I like having had time to kind of think about it more. There's just not enough Luke Skywalker. There should have been way more. Mark Hamill was. He's, he's, he's a he's a great actor, and he wanted to, to pull off Luke in such an epic way, and that is what it is. But So two things, just real quick, and, and just in case, I, I think going back to The Last Jedi, if that were the case and like, well, why didn't you take the X-Wing and just fly back to Crate? I think it's just a time thing to you, you, like, you project there. If it's The Last Jedi and you're wondering why a Force ghost would not maybe go back to fight... The Rise of Skywalker. In, in The Rise of Skywalker... I yeah. would say you look at Empire Strikes Back where um, Obi-Wan says, you know, he puts his hands up and he says, I cannot intervene. You know, now can he not or, or, or that, that he won't intervene when he goes to fight Vader? You know, it, that was the big thing in Return of the Jedi. One of the things that were, that was discussed was that maybe Yoda and Obi-Wan would fight the Emperor, that they would project and actually be there and intervene but they chose not to do that. And I think the sequels just kind of kind of, you know, kept with that. Although, as Eli mentions, you know, you can intervene. I mean, like Yoda is and Matt said this is uh, using lightning. We're catching lightsabers and we're lifting objects that are in the actual world. So could he have done it? Yeah, I, th- I he could have. Yeah, um, probably. But I think I think, I think he could have. He, he could have. But I think it is not his not his fight. It is exactly what Obi-Wan says to Luke they've gone beyond and you know they're in a different realm and so they're coming back more as those spirit guides and I think there are some limitations to what they can do and so like again you just look at Obi-Wan putting his hands up saying I I don't think you know yeah and I um, I still think like we kind of got it a little bit right where like all the Jedi show up and speak to Rey Um, it's not what I think we we were kind of hyping up and hoping would happen, which would have been like I have all the Sith, and then like you see like you know Darth Maul and stuff like like I think that's what fans wanted, uh, and ultimately like would have been I think the coolest route. But that if you do that, do you kind of diminish the focus on Ray, um, you and and just versus Palpatine and kind of overcoming her obstacles? So it's tough. Um, I mean it's it's a tough decision. Also, you have to I mean it's easy to get all those people together for voice lines um, because you call it, Hey, just, I mean, grab a microphone, record this. Hey, here's the, here's the three lines we need you to record uh, and then send it as we'll digitally add it in as opposed to having them like on the thing. But at the same time, it's like, if you said like, you know, you could have, you could have had them, you could have, you could have had them in and just had like their force, you know, kind of there. But if you want to have them like fight, fight, which I think is what ultimately we wanted. Right. Um, you know, like like you see like all the force ghosts and they're just like clashing like Avenger style. That would have been, I think, the coolest thing, which is what I mean, trust me, there are literally hundreds of videos on TikTok uh, of people saying like how the Rise of Skywalker should have ended. And yeah. it's that. Um, yeah. And so. So I don't know. I think I think it's, I think it was kind of cool. I thought I thought it was I, again, you do you distract from Ray. Do you distract from this if you. Um, if you do, I definitely don't consider it a plot hole whatsoever. Um, but yeah, the circle is now the circle is now complete. Yeah, it, it's just a tough one. It's just a, a matter of how do you want to execute it? How do you want this to 
to kind of go down. And I know before Rise of Skywalker came out, we were all hyping like Anakin's going to step back out because that's real poetic, you know, and that he would be there with his grandson and his son. And this is the Skywalker saga, and we're going to put an end to this. And then even if you wanted to have that Palpatine element in Rey, um, Rey Skywalker, then, you know what I'm saying, like you, you could have had a, a really big moment there. But then it's also, you know, you're, you are kind of taking away from what Rey is doing, you know, and so right. that's, that's kind of tough. So that's where I thought Luke does have that moment in The Last Jedi where he fights, and it's an epic fight, uh, intervention, if you will, that something only a master could pull off, which I love. I want there to be something that Luke, only Luke could do, and he had great wisdom, and that's what I'm, you know, looking for in the sequels, and I, I don't get enough of it, but I do get moments of it in The Last Jedi, and I think that's why I like it, you know, and yeah, so I don't know. It was neat to see Luke uh, lift the X-Wing out and, and give Rey everything that she needed to go fight, but um uh, yeah, there's just a lot of different... Uh, there's so much. I keep hearing about the JJ cut, and I don't know if that's even a real thing, but I, I, I would be interested to see if they attempted to do something, if there are pictures of, like, you know, Hayden Christensen out there in Jedi oh robes God, or something. You know amazing. what I'm saying? Like, could you imagine? God, that, God, that would be amazing. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> All right. All right, let's let's dive into uh, some, some of the other things he says here. So he says... Um, so then he goes, we talk about Ryan Johnson a little bit more and says why he wouldn't be thrilled. I don't think that his trilogy is happening anymore. I think they've they've kind of not necessarily because maybe they didn't like him, but just, I think they're just kind of re throwing it. Just seems like they're going in a different direction. I mean, at one point, they said Ryan Johnson's gonna have a trilogy. Dan and Dave from Game of Thrones were gonna have a trilogy, and so now it seems like everything's scrapped. The only thing that's like confirmed is Taika Waititi, uh, who directs Thor and um, an episode of uh, The Mandalorian, is is getting is getting a movie so we so we know that um and yeah i guess here's my thing on the on the on the ryan johnson thing uh you know we talked about this a lot last week uh, and watching that video where he says i mean i i don't have a i guess it's hard for me to say that i, I don't know that i have a problem with a, a director saying like i want somebody to love my movies and hate them i mean like because i think that there are definitely movies in which that like could be cool right i mean you know i mean there's de there's mo there's definitely movies that in their own right are you know they're 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 cool they cause you to think i think this is what happened i think this is what happened and you speculate about them you know as a movie we talk about a lot a lot that's just kind of a weird kind of just weird movie right and gets you thinking about life as like donnie darko right you know like we talked yeah. about that movie and we're like oh you know it's just and so it's it's cool i mean like it's it's different um you know different movies cause you to do different things um i guess you you know it just comes down to people those people having the issue because does that kind of a thing have a place like i think that maybe if he had directed a movie that was not inside of the skywalker saga sure um that also happens to be in a situation where as and i've talked seems like the more the more you kind of look at it maybe the planning for the whole trilogy wasn't necessarily there because we know that jj abrams talks about well we decided to bring palpatine back and so like if he had done a standalone movie that you know like like a maybe you know like a rogue one or a solo um where he's like i'm gonna try something unique and different in Star Wars, I mean, that's what makes the Mandalorian great. Is they 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 did that. They said we're going to try something unique and different. Um, and you you know, in it's 
not necessarily inside and it's these characters that you can do what you want with well then it might be pretty cool it's just that his vision you know you just go from the jj vision to the ryan johnson vision which again as i said i think works but i think that then ryan johnson should have finished the trilogy so we mm -hmm. could have seen what like the whole picture looks like it's just the problem is that you have three pretty totally different movies uh and they just don't they don't they don't to me as a trilogy they don't really fit together it's kind of like you know sometimes where you got a puzzle and you feel like you're just cramming the pieces in and it looks kind of right but it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean it is that's right. kind of how it, that's kind of how the, the whole trilogy feels to me as as one story as one story i'm like it just doesn't feel as fluid as the originals or uh, the prequels yeah, for sure. And I and, and I always say this every time we talk about this, I'm sure Gary Fisher's death probably had a lot to do Again, with why yeah, that absolutely. happens. But at the same time, I counter with I don't think there was real good connective tissue between all of them, just as, as uh, Matt said, and that is above the directors. And that's actually leading me into my next point, which is if you're going to be Lucasfilm and you have a talented director and writer and you like that person, it was a good experience to work with cast crew. Everyone liked it, but the fandom went, Oh, I don't know. Like, and we're going to jump on Ryan Johnson's back and say, you know, that was his fault. I go back to the directions that he was given. And so I think it's yeah. above Ryan Johnson's head. I don't think I, I, I literally think these guys are just hired to come in here and do a job. Who's overseeing this whole trilogy. That's who that, and that is where a lot of people have started to gravitate and say, we got to look above these guys because there's not a lot of, there doesn't seem to be real good communication between the trilogies. And then I would say, if that's the case, if you are, if you lined Ryan Johnson up, you liked everything about him, but you got backlash from the fans because it's not working. And then you say, yeah, we're going to bounce and go this direction. I think you got to be a little more steadfast because if you have something that's good, that works, he does write and direct really good movies that are successful, that are interesting, that are creative. And so if you wanted to go back to him, I don't think they should be afraid to go back to him. I really don't. Um, and I, I, so, well, no one's going to watch it because of whatever. that. Look, then they're missing out on a great movie. And that's what Lucasfilm needs to kind of do. We're going to create something that's great. And if you're going to just, that's my pushback. I, I, and that goes to them. Same thing with the whole Dan and Dave thing, the backlash that you get because of season eight. Well, we're going to dump you guys and move on. And I get it. So a financial move, it's a business move, it's a numbers game, you know, and attaching someone's name to a project makes it or breaks it. I hate that sometimes because they are really talented people and you're, you just wait. Somebody else will give that person a chance and they're going to have, uh, you know, a great product somewhere else. We could have had yeah. it in Star Wars, and I just don't want to miss out on that because, right? Because, and it because Ryan it, Johnson was misdirected, you know. It also, yeah, exactly. It also doesn't mean that you know every, not every piece of content is going to be great, right? I mean, you know, you watch it, you watch a, you watch a TV show. It's like, hey, you know, a lot of uh, most like network television is like, you know, they say it's seven seasons, twenty two episodes a season. Well, there's definitely going to be some filler episodes in there, right? You know, and stuff like that. So it's not all. It's not necessarily great. Even when I look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think it's phase one. Um, I'd argue, I, if you go back, I mean, you know, first Iron Man 1, great. I think it's a great standalone movie. Well, the Incredible, the Hulk, the Incredible Hulk, right, has Edward Norton in it, right? Yeah. And Edward Norton's not, he didn't, he didn't, 
he didn't make it to Avengers, which is disappointing, by the way, because I, mm-hmm. I, Mark Ruffalo is a great Hulk, but I yeah. really would have loved that, like Edward Norton, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, on screen, right? But I, I, I think the Hulk even as itself, it's like, eh, it's okay. Iron Man two, I think, is to me is the is the wor- is the I shouldn't say worst. It's it's my least favorite of even just the Iron Man trilogy of just Iron Man one, two, and three, let alone Avengers and all the other things. Um, Thor is like it's good, but you know I don't think those movies start really getting to be like to great levels until really Avengers and then afterwards. And so you're talking like you're six movies in. So and they yeah, were doing and so, some, exactly yeah. and so. Yeah, we're five movies in, and I think that, you know, this is my my kind of opinion on them. I think The Force Awakens is great. The Force Awakens, every time I watch it, I'm like, man, this movie, like, I forget how good this is. Rogue One's, like, universally loved. I mean, everyone's like, Rogue One is, is I mean, amazing. I, I, people really seem to love that movie. Then, you know, there's kind of, of a, a divide on the, well, there's kind of a divide on Solo, um, uh, the other two, uh, Rise of Skywalker and The Last Jedi, right? Like some people really like those movies. Some people are like, you don't. I mean, Solo, everyone, to me, people seem to say was, some people were like, yeah, hey, it's okay. I really love it, actually. Solo is my favorite of the new of the new movies, without question. Solo is my favorite. Um, you know, then Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker seems like you kind of have split fans. People are like, they really like this one, maybe didn't like this one, or kind of vice versa, so. Yeah, you know, one thing you were saying, you were talking about the Mar- like the Marvel Cinematic Universe and getting five or six films in, right? They have this thing planned out for what? Three waves or whatever it might be, different oh, stages. God, yeah. You know, so they said, hey, we're going to do this. Let's map this out. It's going to be epic. If after movie three, it's bad and you have a Ryan Johnson director and you say, ah, oh, shoot, can't bring that guy back. Um, and you know what? Actually, we need to start changing. We need to go back to the drawing board on everything. We do. We didn't then, have that. <laughs> but my thing is, did you? Did they stop? Did they stop with these projects, though? Did they stop no. all sort of? They didn't. They, exactly. They keep moving forward. And exactly. So yeah. That's. I don't think you can let one thing stop you. I don't. I don't think that's going to be. Well, I you know mean, yeah. Look at. Yeah, exactly. Look at the. I mean, the DC cinematic universe is is that example, right? I mean, you have Man of Steel. Uh, and then, you know, there, there was some, you know, the, the DC cinematic universe. So that's, this is a different company like not, you know, although technically Marvel Iron Man one was before Disney bought Marvel. Um, so, but the DC cinematic universe, you know, Hey, we're going to try to do the same thing. Um, you know, you have man of steel, which comes out just after the dark Knight, And so people were saying, are they in the same universe? And then they actually tried to get Christian Bale to do a movie and, just tie that in didn't work so starts with man of steel batman versus superman got i mean it got blasted although as and i love it uh to me i don't know man i just did a batman rewatch uh i think it might be my second favorite batman movie to be to be entirely honest especially the director's cut version of it um then you get suicide squad which you know some people are like "Eh, it's all right and wins an oscar uh, and then, you know, you have Wonder Woman, which is like amazing. Uh, and then you get Justice League, which is like a total wreck. Uh, like, I mean, it's a total wreck, but they're still going. You know, you, Shazam's good. 
Um, you know, and then we're supposed to be getting a new Batman movie. They're going to redo Justice League, which is like crazy. And Wonder Woman 2 is supposed to come out this year. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, you have you have missteps along the way. Star Wars and the Star Wars saga is totally unique, though, in the sense that you have three movies which are so beloved and so iconic and three of the single biggest movies in the history of film then you know for a long time everyone hated the prequels i mean there were for a long time people were like the didn't didn't like the prequels right. and i feel like it's not not even because of the sequels i think it just took time but for a long time people blasted the prequels but they're like oh jar jar you know the you know anakin and padme rolling around Mm -hmm. uh you know there's so, too many effects there's too much cg you know like right. you know, they use practical effects and you know i think i think clone wars helped it a lot along the way and rebels and i think the, the whole kind of thing and now we look back and revenge of the sith i mean people are like my god this movie is amazing so right right it just takes time i mean again we may look back and you know you could if they if they if they make movies or they make other content that exists outside and around these movies then i think that will it will it will lift them up yeah so i guess my, the point that i'm driving to is <clears throat> i don't think i hope this is not the case that they decide to move away from ryan johnson dan and dave because of backlash and their their most recent product or whatever i right. actually think it's more that they realized we have some communication issues i think it was revealed in The Last Jedi to The Rise of Skywalker, maybe even before that, and they said, you know what? We need to be more cohesive, more organized going forward. I actually think it's, it's not, I don't really think it's those individuals that they said, yeah, we're going to scrap the whole thing because of the director. You know, it's like, I think they said, we need to figure out what we want to do. We need to sit down. Bob Iger came out. You remember that? Bob Iger yes. came out and said, we need to take we, a step back. And it and wasn't necessarily about ryan johnson or those other guys they may be called back to do some right. cool stuff you know exactly and i and you know they also they said uh you know they pretty much said we went to they said you know like we want a star wars movie a year right mm -hmm. yeah. uh and i mean remember this dude the rise of sky or the last jedi came out in december yeah. solo came out in may right, right? like and i sometimes feel like and uh that marvel is paced too fast where I'm yeah. like, dude, this is like on one hand, I was like, hold on. It took it's taken us like 10 years uh, to get to where we need yeah. to be. Right. And then it's like, Jesus, it's like, dude, how many movies are there? I'm like, oh, well, I haven't seen this one. I haven't seen this. one. I haven't seen, I, you know, it's yeah. like, I still I still forget what happens in Guardians of the Galaxy, too, because I like that's like the one <laughs> I kind of like haven't really watched. Like, you know, and it's like, yeah. do you know, do I need to watch this one movie inside of this like 30 movie uh, thing? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, like Ant-Man, I mean, did I need to watch it? Yes, apparently I did. Ex yeah, exactly. I mean, it's hard, though, because when you when you buy something for four billion dollars, uh, you need to start making money on that like ASAP. Uh, right. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. you know, I mean, if I bought something for four billion dollars, I would probably be like, uh, OK, it's time to start milking this thing for. Yeah. Uh, money, like because uh, you know things aren't free, and that's exactly what I said. We we've talked we've talked about this a lot, but like the sequels, I think it was newly acquired. I often say that newly acquired, and they said we're going to finish the Skywalker saga. Like hold your horses, wow, that's a big 
deal. Yeah. But people would not. I mean, could you imagine if they said, we're going to do something different. We're going to do solo or we're going to do Rogue One first. And we're not going to finish this. Like people would have been like, right. wait, wait a second. Well, George sold this to you with a pitch for um, seven, eight, and nine, and you're not doing it. Like the, you, well, there's a trust I, issue then. And it's just, yeah. it is tough. That's why it and is I a learning curve. And look, I don't, here's the thing. I, I don't necessarily blame somebody because, you know, when the backlash and the, and the, the criticism, because everything's going to have criticism and, you know, accolades, when the criticism of episode seven, is this is too close to the originals? Well, how do you, how else would you try to solve that? They're gold. gold. The originals are gold, so that's you know. By by yeah, exactly. I was like, well, you and I, as you know, said said, well, like that's the point. They should be. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, yeah, come on now. Also, right. they literally say it's not another Death Star. Okay, I mean, what else would you want? I mean, come was, on now. It's that was great. <laughs> I actually thought that was hysterical. I was like, yeah, okay. So totally. you know, but I mean, you know, if somebody says if somebody says, well. It, they're, they're too much like the originals okay well then we're gonna go in a different direction uh and i don't i don't again i don't blame ryan johnson or or have criticism i just think and as you as you said and what the point we've been kind of hitting home with the last jedi is that i think that the last jedi you go from step one being the force awakens to step two being the last jedi i think totally works mm -hmm. it's just that then the step three is in an opposite direction yeah. and so it's like hold on a second here yeah. uh because like, on one hand it feels like you know we sh we should have gone we we kind of skip over step two and then you go back to jj and he's like well i gotta kind of bring this stuff in and do this because i'm sure that like you don't simply write an opening movie without some sort of end game in mind like you know I'm, you know, when he, <laughs> but I mean, but you know what I, but you know what I mean? Though? Oh, like, man. Yo, I mean, no. if, if, if you're JJ Abrams and you're writing episode seven, like yeah. clearly like he, like you have to, as you're beginning the story in his mind, he has some idea of where, you know, just as you're creating it, like, okay, well, where would this go? Where would this, yes. You know, where would this go? And so that's like, that, that's an interesting conversation. And I would love to see like, what was J how did JJ think it was going to end as he was writing episode uh -huh. seven? Because like that could have yeah. been a totally different arc. Yeah. Right. And so again, it just, it comes down yeah. to like, well, you, you know, it's, it's, there's too many hands in the kitchen and it's, it's kind of a thing. But again, I think as individual movies, it's like they almost work better to me as individual movies than like a trilogy. Yeah. So on the point that, JJ knowing you know, writing with the ending in mind, he actually does discuss that. He says it was neat to go back and talk to Lawrence Kasdan, um, who yeah. he worked with, and and he said there were things that we were discussing during that movie, like oh, wouldn't that be cool if her character went and did this, and yeah. and this this kind of went went in that direction. Now that alone, right there, tells me that they didn't know the ending. Yeah, and so right there, that told me JJ thought he set up a lot of different possibilities and said, all right, Lucasfilm and Disney, here you go. Because when he came back and said it was neat to talk to Lawrence about things we had discussed about the possibilities and ooh, wouldn't that be cool? And then Ryan gets it. And here's what happened. Let me tell you what happened. I'm going to move past this point. Um, Ryan writes his movie. It goes out. People see it. And they're like, oh, that's awesome. And people like us who were speculating went, I don't see where this is going. I, you know yeah. what? <laughs> People at Lucasfilm were going, 
what's next? I mean, they would. I, I don't think people knew well, where it was going to go, and so and that's and then they then they said, oh shoot, we probably should have, like maybe well, had an endgame. And I do here's here's the thing. I do think that's kind of I do I mean I think that's kind of a problem. I mean because I know because I mean think about this for a second, right? We knew after after Avengers, we knew okay they're setting this up to fight Thanos. It's going to probably be Infinity Gauntlet and Thanos. Yeah, and then okay, so then we take steps and steps and steps and introduce more Infinity Stones and introduce more characters and bring it up so we can have this huge galactic war. It's like, well, by the time we get to Avengers Infinity War, it's like we know not only that is Avengers Infinity War gonna gonna happen and they're gonna fight Thanos. It's only part one. We know there's gonna be two. We knew there were. We knew that at that point it was gonna be two movies, and so it's like it didn't matter because we in our mind are thinking. Oh my God, they're going to fight Thanos and it's going to be sick. Like, what's going to yeah. happen? How is it right. going to go down? Going into Rise of Skywalker, we were like, I have no clue who's going to fight who. What this yeah. movie is going to be about, man. I mean, All, yeah. Yep. I know. Even th- another, another trilogy, the Dark Knight trilogy. Okay. So the, the Dark Knight ends with Batman. Um, I think this is okay. Here we go. The Dark Knight ends right with Batman defeating the Joker. Uh, Two Face dies, and the Batman is now on the run. Okay. Yeah. Heath Ledger dies. Yeah. So you cannot, and I think that was what they were what they were talking about. The original yeah. plan was we want to have him come back as the Joker and end the whole trilogy. Yes. So I mean, again, Carrie Fisher probably played it. Probably played a huge. It probably 100%. played. In, Hundred percent. Yes, but that doesn't mean that it's not recoverable, or doesn't mean that it's yeah, yeah. not like fixable or whatever. Right. And right. so the, when we, you know, it's like you know, even at that point, it's kind of like I still felt like I knew more about what the 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 final Batman movie would be than I did about what the Rise of Skywalker, you know, or the final movie Star Wars movie would be. Yeah. Let me, and we'll see if there's another point here from Eli. And, and thanks again to Eli for for sending this transmission. It's awesome. I love it. It always gets us going all these different directions. And um, you know, it's neat to t- kind of talk about this. It, it's it for me. This is not something I've been holding this in for two years. I have not really. Well, probably yeah. more than that. Like I don't <laughs> like. I, I I like aspects of the movies. I love them. Um, I still I love Star Wars. As he said, you know, if if Ryan Johnson, if you weren't a fan, he releases a trilogy. By golly, I'm going to go watch it. And wouldn't this be the story? You know, this guy who everyone was giving such a hard time comes out and directs a trilogy that changes the freaking game, dude. I mean, that oh, takes us great. back to the old Republic or something, and he does something that is just so sick. It w- it would be awesome, and I hope for that. But let me tell you who's been killing it this whole time: Dave Filoni. And John oh my God. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> they basically well, said, watch us. We'll show you. It's done. I think, oh. I think, I think, I think that they're, they're gearing Dave Filoni up to, I, I think Dave, I think Dave Filoni will take over Star Wars at some point. Right. I don't think it's anytime soon, but I think eventually, yes. Yeah. I think, I, I think he will take over and I think he will actually do some movies. I think he and he and John Favreau uh-huh. will. Will will yeah, will do some, something. We'll, they'll, yeah. they'll do they'll do some movies. They'll do something huge and yeah, huge and epic. And so yeah, so gosh, man, it's just great. I here's the thing. I actually feel really good about the future of Star Wars. I mean, and I do too. And, and again, I mean, you know, 
uh, individually, I kind of like I like the sequels. I mean, even The Last Jedi, which is probably, in all honesty, my least favorite Star Wars movie. I kind of go back and forth between hitting the rise of Skywalker of which one do I actually like more? You know, I mean, we talked about this yeah. last time where I'm like the rise of Skywalker has some highs that are some of the most epic moments in all of star Wars. Yeah. Right. Yes. yes. The Praetorian guard fight scene I think is gorgeous. It's epic. It's like amazing. Um, the concept of Leia using the force again, I read it first and I was like, Oh my God, that is sick. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then and then Luke at the end, I mean, like, it's awesome when he shows up and he's just like, you know, brushes the <laughs> just like yeah. brushes the thing. It's cool. And it's an epic Luke Skywalker moment. Um, and then, you know, the rise of Skywalker, I feel like is a little more of a straight line across. And there's like totally cool stuff with it. Uh, and having watched it a little bit more, I, I, I feel I still feel it's pretty fast paced at the beginning. But I feel like the pacing is it's easier once you've seen it once or twice. It, it, it does feel a little bit slower um, going going into the next time. But there's totally cool stuff. I, you know, like oddly, my favorite moment of the rise of Skywalker or rise of Skywalker is when Poe is like, oh, it's over we've lost and yeah. then lando shows up and it plays the star wars theme and it's a very star wars like moment and yeah. i think it's the best yeah. moment in the entire in that entire movie um, yeah is is lando showing up with the flea and they're like no yeah. there but there's more of us i think it's right. great i think it's a totally underrated moment in star wars chewy getting a medal like there's a lot of fan service it's great i mean it's it should be it's the final movie i think i again in, individually i'm like Boom, boom, boom. I, I can watch them as a yeah. trilogy to me. It just feels a little weird, but that's it. I mean, again, I some people no, I hear you. their favorite movies and more power to you because I love episode one. People don't love it. I actually like the Cartoon Network Clone Wars uh, and some people think it's trash, you know? Yeah. Yeah, as, sure. no, it's as yeah, likes I'm, itchy and you know the holiday special. Okay. I love I mean, itchy. Come yeah. on now. <laughs> I know, I know. And see, so, you know what? Actually, this is that's a good transition because I want to talk about one more thing here. Maybe before we is there anything else with well, Eli's there, uh, transmission? What do you got? Uh, no, that's it for Eli. But I do have something to uh, to talk about uh, oh, after 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 we. Oh well, I mean you know. We so got, last, let me just let me just let me just pull it up here. Okay. 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 A little surprise. I mean, this is a uh, little know, uh, stay little, on target. <laughs> little surprise here. So last week. Um, from time to time, we run polls on our Twitter. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, last week, we posed a poll and we were talking about it as it was updating live as we were recording which movie is better. And at that moment, there was around 140 votes and it was like 21% Attack of the Clones versus The Last Jedi. Um, yeah. Uh -huh. And let me just say that sometimes, you know, much like Emperor Palpatine in episode three, I love democracy. Okay. <laughs> I just, I love, I love, I love democracy. Uh -huh. So with a staggering 818 votes, episode two, Attack of the Clones, soundly defeated uh, The Last Jedi 71% to 28%. Did I secretly find a clone army? Uh, possibly mm -hmm. with yeah. the help yeah. of Reddit prequel memes. So certainly shout out 
to them. Uh, and the, uh, let me pull up. Let me pull up the uh, that here on Reddit as if I if if I may, yeah. because I feel like a lot of well, those people deserve deserve credit for. I tell you, all, I, following orders. Okay. Oh, that's for sure. That's for sure what they did. I mean, literally, uh, and that's the thing. That's pr- part of the the dig I'll make. I gotta get in. I gotta find like the sequel you know, memes there or something is, yeah. group because, or, or original, I don't know, because, you know, if you just want to follow Order 66 and, you know, get your marching orders and come over and uh, manipulate a poll, that's dark well, side to me. Hey, hey, I love democracy, okay? Yeah, I the mean, people vote. So, so there's tons of just hilarious comments, and I want to give all, shout outs to all of these people. Um, these are prequel loyalists, man. These people are hardcore, so they, uh, a lot of that, so, um, you know, I would say to me, like Attack of the Clones of the of the origin of the prequels is probably what people would consider to be the weakest. And that's what this guy says here. He says significant name uh, is the is the user on Reddit. He says Attack of the Clones is the weakest prequel, in my opinion, but I still think it's better than any of the sequels. I fully admit that's my nostalgia goggles, though. Sheeper087 says, even though Attack of the Clones is the worst of the prequels, has the same amount of cringe as The Last Jedi, at least it had some cool battles, a coherent plot, and did not almost destroy Star Wars. <laughs> um, another guy series says, at least it had a good plot and content. Um, the worst parts, in my opinion, are the dialogue between Anakin and Padme. Um, somebody else said that's the best part. Yoda flipping around is 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 awesome. Uh, let me see here some other things here. Uh, so people just commenting as they're about to go uh, wreck our Twitter poll, or sh- as I should say, you know, soundly uh, just you know lead the the charge. It was, it was literally like it was literally quite literally like executing Order sixty six. Yeah, to be it was yeah. a great experience for me. Okay, yeah. I I absolutely loved it. He says uh Womp Rat 2 meters here says just voted. I brought peace, freedom, justice. <laughs> I uh, yeah. Uh, don't you tell him I got on the dark uh, side. Oh, then man. immediately co- um, a comment uh, immediately following that. Your new empire, right? It's like right, then literally right. it start it started an absolute like chain where everyone's just quoting it. Uh, it says your new empire Anakin, my allegiance is to the republic, to democracy. Then another person comments if you're not with me, then you're my enemy. <laughs> uh, I said once more, the Sith shall rule the galaxy. And so here's the thing. On Reddit, you can't even post the link. And within seconds, somebody had gone to our Twitter, posted the link. Good soldiers follow orders. Um, shout out to SRM2047, who says, I literally created a Twitter for the sole purpose of voting. Wow. Oh, man. Wow. Uh, begun the Clone Wars has. Um, let yeah. me see here. That, uh, said, yeah. Because I remember it was at 73%. Like seventy three percent of our Twitter followers said that they preferred the Last Jedi to right. um, to the prequel. Means it's critical we send an attack group there immediately. Right. Um, yeah, so just a ton of uh, you know for the Republic, ton of that stuff. So I appreciate all of those people. Um, and this guy, hey, this guy said right here, and I'll I'll, I'll end with this guy. He says Ben Ben Wild on reddit says dude flying on coruscant you want to go home and rethink your life 
um, Visible Confusion, Obi-Wan versus Jango Fett, Greatest Explosion Sound of all time. That's when uh, he's running from Jango, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate sand. She can't do that. Shoot her or something. Aggressive no- negotiations. First Clone Wars battle. Kit Fisto smile. Yoda versus Dooku. What more could you want? There's a lot. There is a lot. I mean, it's, it is kind of crazy. You look back and you look at like those good high moments in the prequels and they're there. There are a ton of really, really good, good moments. So... Yeah, that's uh, that was an experience. I remember that was happening, and it was like day three, and you were like, "This is unreal." It, it, Hundreds it, of votes. It, it, yeah, we literally went from like almost two hundred to uh, an additional six hundred uh, votes. So yeah, really, um, really appreciate it to those of you guys over here. Ready? Yeah, and then people saying this party's over, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know what? I mean, we might just, I'm not that we're going to, uh, yeah, we may run another poll, okay? A more authentic okay. poll. You've heard this. Polling is not always correct, all right? So we got to. Well, I think it is correct. The internet and democracy decided. Right. We might need to get a larger sampling, all right? Hold on so a we'll second. Kinda... Isn't your allegiance to democracy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Isn't it to the gosh. republic? Gosh. I mean, come on now. I'm not even. No, I'm not even. <laughs> this was complete manipulation. Yeah, that's, that's uh, dark side. It's dark side. I, I made sure to make to make a note in the con. I always do this. I'm, I always say, guys, look, uh, Ez did not run this poll because the, the immediate sort of like people are like, oh, that is so tough. What are you doing to me? Why are you making me choose, you know, between these movies, you know, and they're typically pretty close you do this on purpose um yeah to make you really think about you know those different types well of i mean you gotta movies. you know think about yeah. it for a second i just like to i just like to know you know what do people what do people like more and you know in their yeah in their fandoms i mean there's there's star wars movies i prefer over the other ones i mean it helps me influence the show what characters do you want us <laughs> to talk about right i mean right right yeah, you we know. can talk more about kit fisto's uh smiling if you want we can also talk about yeah what happened between him and you know, uh, Palpatine. Palpatine. Yeah. I didn't want to say it, but um, yeah, we could talk. I mean, about he it. gets. I mean, he gets wrecked. Chased. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that is ridiculous. I just because here I was watching that, thinking, "Oh, this is gonna be like look." I mean, I if you, I think you have you read the novelization yet? The um, episode three, no three. I think we should go through and find that part and read it because I believe I read somewhere that. Palpatine uses some type of dark manipulation, some type of force energy to throw them off, like to literally confuse them and to, I don't know. Well, he, I, de- he, he, you know. he, he's been using it for like 10 years. Yeah. Yes. That's actually hysterical. Yeah. I mean, so it's like there there's, they have their lightsabers drawn on him. Right. And they're, they, but they still can't see the Sith Lord sitting there, you know? know. Um, gosh, until it's too late. Wow. The irony. Um, yeah, it's ironic. treason then. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, uh, no, that's great. That's great. All right. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank, thank you for bringing that up because that was a real interesting experience. So again, uh, thanks to Eli for sending that transmission guys, send us a transmission at hyperspace, at gmail.com. We will, uh, definitely read those on the show. We're excited about the news on Monday. Um, there's also, I need to get caught up on my literature. I believe coming soon. I'm going to have uh, Tom gross back on the show from coffee with Kenobi. So, 
that'll be a good conversation. I got to get caught up in my literature. I got to see what he's reading and uh, see what we want to talk about for that. So that'll be that'll be neat. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, stay tuned. We're going to hear more about the game on Monday. So you'll probably check us out on YouTube Monday uh, when we see that. And uh, just real quick, guys, uh, those of you guys who maybe just only watch us on YouTube, we do post podcasts every week uh, on iTunes and Podbean, uh, as well as Stitcher, Spotify, all of those things. Um, so you can hit us up there. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Super Gains Bros, as people can find you at Womprat underscore 2M. So with that, we want to thank you guys for hanging out in hyperspace. Our next episode, we will continue to discuss your transmissions. So be sure to send us your Star Wars thoughts, origin stories, or some of your favorite memories from a galaxy far, far away. If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a transmission at hyperspacehangout at gmail.com. We will see you next time, and remember that traveling through hyperspace ain't like dust and crops. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.